Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. I am your host, 12 Kyle. We want to thank you for tuning in. This is a weekly sports podcast. We like to call it the best couple of hours of your sports week. This is the place where sports opinions collide. Again, I am your host, 12 Kyle. This is Dead End Sports. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe, download to our podcast. Uh, You can find it just about anywhere. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube. We have our own YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash Dead End Sports. Again, and also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Dead End Sports. Uh, packed show for you this week. Uh, got a lot of stuff to talk about. Of course, I will not be doing this show alone. Bring uh, bringing along with me all the homies. Uh, first up, my homie BZ430. BZ, what up, though? What up, though? Damn right, you ain't doing this show alone. <laughs> man, what's going on? <laughs> what's up? Chilling, man. man. Chilling up here. Uh, uh, be, being a victim of the first time being mean to death on the internet, man. The internet got me. Oh, stop for real. <laughs> and then Ken, 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 wrong as hell for posting on the dead end Instagram. Let, let me let me guess the screenshot of the the frozen picture on the uh, from the Kendrick Le- uh, review. Yeah, man. <laughs> and, like on Twitter, man, they let me have it. Oh, I, I ain't even. I got- Gotta check it. You know, of course, because when we all together, you know, we we just naturally just raw emotion, you know, being silly, doing stuff. So, like, yeah, once I watched the video, I was like, oh, man. And then, like, <laughs> literally about two minutes later, then the memes just started coming all on Twitter, man. That's like, oh, I was like, man, they got me. I said, damn. So, man. yeah. <laughs> and then man. I looked on Instagram. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you old sneaky something, boy. King, <laughs> sneaky. <laughs> Also join us, the homie Ken. Ken, what up, man? Nothing, man. You know, being being mischievous as usual. <laughs> oh yeah, the internet's got undefeated. Him. It's undefeated. Yeah, I, got, uh, I got got on that one. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, also our homie FIFA will be on the way momentarily. If you haven't done so, uh, make sure, especially if you're a hip hop fan, man, slide on up when you finish listening to this podcast. Slide on over to the YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash dead end hip hop and check out the latest uh, review. Uh, the fellas got the review for uh, Kendrick Lamar's damn. And it's pretty damn good. If I do say so myself, um, we're talking sports tonight, man. So pass the word, tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend dead end sports is back again. Um, let's start, man, with the NBA, uh, man, we got some crazy news coming out of uh, golden state, uh, golden state's head coach, Steve Kerr. Uh, has been battling, we know for the past year or so, he's been battling issues uh, stemming from back surgery. Well, it sidelined him for game three and game four uh, that the Warriors missed. Uh, Steve Kerr did uh, speak to the media this past Sunday, and uh, he had a few words to say. And, you know, he was he said he tried to sound encouraging. But, you know, there's a little hint that they're not sure if and when he will be back. So, B, I'll throw it to you, man. How do you think the Warriors will fare if they have to be without Steve Kerr for the remainder of the playoffs? Um, I think they would be okay. I mean, I, I mean, I think they'd be just fine. Um, I think uh, Kerr, Steve Kerr, created a culture there where the players believe in, the assistant coaches believe in, and I think with the talent, the talent they have, 
I think they're going to be just fine, man. I, I don't think it's going to steer them away that much. Um, yeah, I don't think it's, – it's, it's not it's not a situation, you know, like, you know, Isaiah Thomas losing his sister where we saw in games one and two where, like, Boston just did not seem right as a team. Mm-hmm. I don't think this would be the same situation with Golden State. If anything, I think this would kind of be a little bit of a motivation for them to kind of, I guess, play better or like, hey, let's do this for coach. Let's He's out. Let's go ahead and win his championship for coach. I can I can kind of see that being more of of a motivation for the uh, Golden State also than just him them just being all uh, man we don't have our coach we down what are we gonna do we lost like with that talent level I think those guys would be just fine I don't see I don't see it slowing them, these guys down one bit they seem like seem like they getting their groove at the right time of the year even you know even games when Kevin Durant's not playing and they still playing like they in the groove not granted it's the Trailblazers they're the AC we all we mm-hmm. knew that they were definitely the superior team over them so but um I think you know as the playoffs get down into the nitty-gritty I, I think Golden State will be okay man I think them them coaches they know you know how to implement the system and they know what to say to get them players motivated and everything it's interesting <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day like wow if Curry don't come back and we get the trilogy NBA final that we all pretty much expected since November mm-hmm. be interesting to Mike Brown going against LeBron <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I think that would be like really that would be very interesting, man. So, but yeah, I think I think with Kirby down, I don't think it's the end, end all be all for Golden State. I think they'd be just fine. I mean, the, at the end of the day, those guys know how to play basketball, so you know they they'd be okay. What about you, Ken? Uh, like like B said, man. I mean, Steve Kerr is looking at the possibility. I mean, we don't have a definitive time frame for when he will be back. He could be back game one of their next series, or he, you know, it could be something that lingers on. I mean, back issues, uh, especially for a man, I'm, I'm assuming Steve Kerr is probably around 50, uh, you know, is an issue. So what do you think? How, how do you think the Warriors could be and how they would fare without, assuming that they had to play the rest of the playoffs without their uh, fearless leader? Well, one, I'm with whoever told him not to get back surgery. Um, I had an aunt who had back surgery, and it, it, it messed her up, man. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully I'm not in that position where I have to make that decision. But it's um, painful to hear that Kerr is going through this, and it sounds like it's something that um, won't be alleviated anytime soon. And for me, I, I think he might be done coaching, uh, period. If he can't come back for the rest of this playoff run, and um, and I'm kind of with B, I think it could definitely motivate that team to do this for Kerr, and and from there they can rally behind him. I I think that's part of what, and I know we're gonna get into this a, a little bit later, but I think that's what we saw last night. Um, you know, at the time of this recording, the Blazers and and the Warriors played last night, and the Blazers were blown out. So <laughs> I think a lot of that had to do with Kerr. And um and we'll we'll see, man. I, I do worry about Mike Brown. Uh much like B it would be interesting to see how he fares versus LeBron James, because you know LeBron James is gonna wanna win that series, so he'll have some extra motivation. But in all honesty, if he plays the Spurs, how are you gonna get through that? Because there are coaching decisions that have to be made. And um, and and we've seen the impact of some of those decisions in the playoffs so far. Um, so, but 
you know, like, let's give Mike Brown his credit. He took that team to the finals that had literally one player and, um, and we, we saw what happened in the, in the, in the finals. They got swept. Um, but he was good enough to get them there with LeBron. Now, not only does he have KD, but he has Curry, <laughs> he has Clay Thompson, he has Trayvon Green. Like, you can't mess this up. So, overall, I think they'll be fine. I think this could be a rallying cry for the Warriors. But I just hope that Kerr um, makes the decision. I'm sure he will. That's best for him. And, and really, man, I, I just hope he gets well. Yeah, same here, man. I, I listen to it, and I try not to make more than what I, you know, make more of something than, than what I hear. Um, he obviously sounded, you know, down and downtrodden, if you will. Um, but he didn't necessarily, I mean, he, and a, as I listened to him, I'm like, yo, this could really be it for him. Like, I mean, and people don't understand. Yeah. And you would think, okay, well, he's just a coach. You know, what is he? It's not like he's out there running on the floor or anything like that, but there's a lot of travel involved. There's a lot of, you know, and, and, you know, I'm pretty sure the rigors of travel in the NBA while they're not, you know, then they're, they're not on crop dusters or anything like that. But the rigors and the grind of an NBA, eighty-two game NBA schedule, as well as the playoffs, uh, can take its toll on your back. And I'm, you know, I'm not someone who's had any back issues, but you know, from what I understand from people who have had back issues, that ain't nothing to play with. So, you know, Steve Kerr could be looking at a situation where he may, you know, really be contemplating, uh, you know, not coming back at all. Um, that being said, how will this team fare without him? I think they will be fine. Um, I'm not as big a fan of Mike Brown. I never have been, but I think that there's a system in place. And I think the thing that's, that's key other than a guy like Durant, most of the cats on this team have played without Kerr being there. You know, he, he went through a stand last year where, uh, he was out with back with back issues and back after the back surgery and and Luke Walton stepped in and I think if I'm not mistaken Luke Walton went like 39 and four <laughs> so I think that the team will be fine I do you know wonder what happens when you get to you know a, a little bit more tougher series and it comes down to coaching can you call the right place can you put the people in place um, but they have Golden State seems to have a system you know and like you know you mentioned Pop. Uh, in San Antonio, Pop has a system. So, I mean, like, if Pop were out for any extended period of time, I don't know who even know who his top assistant is, but I'm pretty sure that they could run it just the way that Pop runs it, you know, in, in the way that he does it. So, I think I think they'll be fine. I think it'll be interesting come, you know, as the series gets harder, assuming that they run into San Antonio in the Western Conference Finals, and if they get past them, seeing Cleveland in the Finals, uh, I think, you know, then, you know, all eyes would be on you know, Mike Brown. And that's provided if Steve Kerr does not come back. But um, I think the Warriors as a team, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be just fine. Um, as you mentioned at the top, Ken, we we do have uh, we want to give you guys some updates since the last time that we got together to do our podcast. Um, you know, these series have been going on, man, and it, it's been it's been pretty compelling basketball. Um over in the uh, Eastern Conference, we got the Atlanta Hawks and the uh, <laughs> and the Washington Wizards, a series where Atlanta, excuse me, the Wizards were up 2-0, and then they came 
to Atlanta and dropped two. So now it's 2-2 headed back to uh, D.C. at the time of this recording. Game five will be tomorrow. Uh, B, uh, your take on, on where that series is and what's going on there? Um, you know, I think it's a, a great case of, you know, home teams, home teams protecting their home court. Um, I love the back and forth between uh, Morris and uh, Millsap. You know, one <laughs> called him a crybaby and the other one say, you know, yeah, take your loss and come back to the next, you know, the next game. I mean, I, stuff I love that, man. Let let intensify these playoffs, man. Like, like let's get some let's get some bad blood going, man. I want some not saying I want a palace brawl. Like mm-hmm. the palace. but you know, I, I, let's get let's get some let's get some competition. Let's get that let's get the the, the blood going, man. You know that's that's what I want, man. I I, I want to see that in these playoffs, man. So I I like it that these two teams are starting to have like a a, a hate for each other in this series. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that they're gonna have a, a this is gonna be the Lakers versus Celtics rival, but you know I, mm-hmm. I, I love that they have that hate in this put against each other in this series. And you know, I think it's it's great when 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 both teams protect home court. You know, it, it's amazing. You know, we've been watching these playoffs for decades, man. It's like it's amazing how like a game or two can shift an entire series or almost shift in a series. Because you know, Wizards going up two zip, we like, oh yeah, they're going to handle you know Hawks. Hawks might only get one game. Mm-hmm. Here you go, right now the two both um both home games, the Hawks they took care of business and, and played well. So. Now it's like, you know, they kind of got the momentum. So, you know, it's like, okay, can Wizards hold up and then win this series? So, you know, I, I like stuff like this, man. I, I love when, you know, we think we have it figured out in the series. Mm-hmm. And a game <laughs> right. or two later, we like, wait a minute. So maybe this team is the real deal. So, you know, and I just love the bat. I love the com- competitive blood that they have going on right now, man. I, I love it. So great, great way for teams to both protect their home courts. I hope this series. I hope this series goes seven games. Damn it! I want some suspense in this yes, first sir. round. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What about you, Ken? Your take on uh, Hawks Wizards? Man, I love how John Wall is playing. Man, yes, yes, yes. Like he he really wants it, and he's playing with the type of attitude like he's the best player in the league, like he's the best point guard in the league. I mean, he's hitting big shots. He's aggressive. He's timely. He gets all of his teammates involved. Like he's going after it, and, and he's trying to put it to the Hawks. Like he's not. He th- this isn't this isn't for play play. John Wall is serious. You know, so I, I call this the Death Row DC versus Magic City uh, series. <laughs> I can't say that I really really believe they are motivated by what the Wizards were saying, by mm-hmm. the the attitude of the Wizards by Gortat Duncan on Millsap and they're responding. So for me, man, I, you know, all the wizards have to do is simple when, when your home game. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm, you know, man, I'm surprised. I'm really am surprised. I thought that my Hawks were just going to come and lay down and get smoked and get swept. Uh, they, they showed a little bit of fight. Now I would like to see more fight when they go. Now I did pick the Hawks to lose the series and I ultimately think that they're going to lose this series. But um, I like the way that they've been competing. Um, uh, Dwight Howard actually showed up and he, you know, because going into yesterday's game, uh, the great JaVale McGee was averaging more points than Dwight Howard. So um, uh, that's mind boggling to me, but that's another story for another day. Um, But yeah, this series, man, I think has been good. Much like B, I like I like the war words. I like the bad blood. And I'm, I'm loving John Wall, man. John Wall has really... This season, and I mean, I think I've always known how dope John Wall is, but 
this season really has opened my eyes as to how great he is as a player. And I mean, he, I don't know what it is that he has against Dennis Schroeder, but he's taking the Dennis Schroeder every single chance he gets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is, it is clearly personal. He dunked on him and was like, what the F you want to do? What you going to do? Like that type of stuff. So I love it. And the, the coast to coast behind the back, then throwing it down on Kent Bazemore was just downright nasty. And I mean, John Wall is so fast with the basketball, man. I mean, like I, I used to think Iverson was probably was one of the fastest people that I've ever seen with a basketball. John Wall is right up there. Um, but I'm liking this series, man. This series looks like it could go seven. Uh, also in the East, we've got Boston and uh, Chicago, the number one seed against the number eight seed. Now, Boston got off to a slow start, dropped two games at home, then went to Chicago, and it seemed like the light switch came on, and they are now playing like a number one seed. Ken, uh, wh- what are you liking in the series, man? It's 2-2, and it's headed back to Beantown. Um, you know what? Boston is extremely lucky. That's what I'm taking from this series <laughs> because – we all know this series turned when Rondo broke his, his finger. And, and and that was it. He was dominating them. He had control of the game. He 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 played with the the championship fervor um that we we know him to have and and then all of a sudden he breaks his finger. I think that somebody from Boston Sent somebody out there to to, to, <laughs> to to break his finger or something. Somebody, some mobster sent somebody after Rondo because it came out of nowhere. You know, if you guys remember what I said last week, I said Chicago is very inconsistent, mm-hmm. um, and they're they are proving it. You lose two at home, even without Rondo, Jerry and Grant, who I thought could step into the you know, the limelight and, and play just can't do anything. Uh, Fred Horberg is making terrible roster decisions. He's just desperate right now. And I understand. They were supposed to win this series. If Rondo stay healthy, they were going to win this series. And now, at this point, Boston has control of it. Yep, I completely agree, man. Rondo getting injured was the best thing to happen for uh, for Boston. Um it's like, what else can you say about that? Yeah, when Rondo got hurt, I was like, boy, Boston caught them a good break because they were looking like they were almost about to get swept, if not five games. But now I think, you know, the shift has definitely changed to Boston. I think Boston is going to take this series in six because, yeah, like like Ken said, you know, coach is just he's scrambling at this point. He's trying mm-hmm. to find whatever lineup that can work. What? No he matter, really is. <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> No matter what players he put in there, he just trying to find guys that work. And, you know, Michael, it was funny. Michael Carter Williams got mad because Isaiah Thomas yelling at him, like, he can't guard me. He can't guard me. Then he going to catch feelings. Like, dude, don't catch feelings. You know, lock Harder. up the defense. Like, like get on defense and, tr- and try to stop him. Don't get mad. Rondo's injury definitely changed the series. Uh, this one, and I saw right before we started recording this podcast, is that he's trying to get back for game five. Um I, I don't know how you play with a broken thumb. Um, the fact that he's trying It'll to get be back. better I than think... Jerry and Grant and Michael Carter-Williams. <laughs> Yo, Ken, you know what's funny, man? Like B said, Hoiberg was Hoiberg was putting guys out there I never even heard of, man. He was just, man, he was, boy, he was. <laughs> I think he was pulling cats <laughs> off the street. Oh, man, it was like, like, 
they were pulling, they, they were putting guys in the game. And I'm like, man, who is that? Like, these are people that even just even casual NBA fans never heard of. I mean, like, I think they said, like, maybe six or seven minutes into the game, he was he had already played like 10 players. So, and, and Ken, your boy D Wade ain't helping either. He ain't helping at all. I, D Wade, no. man. All right, go ahead and defend him. Go ahead and defend him. I'm not. I I was going to say that Horberg would be better running, having Dwayne Wade play point at this point. But if you do that, then who who do you put in at the two? They're just not. They don't have enough depth. They can play Zipser. Zipser, the white the white boy. Yeah, and you know I never heard of that dude. (laughs) I was like, who is that? He started for Wade when Wade was hurt. uh, When Wade broke his his arm. Uh, he, okay. he was actually one of the stars. And he has Denzel Valentine. Valentine played well at times during the regular season. So he could start waiting at the point and Valentine or Zipser at the two and then just bring one or the other, whoever he, you know, off the bench. Also in the Eastern Conference, we got the uh, series between the Toronto Raptors and the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the Raptors put down a smackdown last night against the Bucks. So the Raptors now lead the series 3-2. The series is headed back to Milwaukee, and Toronto will be looking to close out. Uh, B, what's your take on this series? Uh, the Rockets OKC? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Raptors. Did I say Raptors? Rockets? No, that's probably my fault. You Raptors. Okay. And, um, wow, yeah. Um, I thought I was, before this series started, I was thinking Milwaukee in six. Uh, people said five, which I thought that was a little extreme. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, I was saying Milwaukee in six, where now it looks like if Milwaukee was to take the series, it would have to go seven, but maybe Toronto. You know, sometimes when you know when you when you in the playoffs and you know you're supposed to be one of the elite Eastern Conference teams and you you kind of not looking good going into the playoffs, sometimes it takes you like a little a little self check, you know, mm-hmm. like those self check situations in the playoffs where a team is kind of supposed to be scary and they kind of putting you on putting your back against the wall. Mm-hmm. That, this might have might have woke Toronto up just a little bit and kind of get them playing better. Um, they're gonna face what uh, Cleveland in the next round. You know, the winner of this series play Cleveland next round. That that'll be that Cleveland take them out. But you know, maybe a series like this can it can probably be a good eye opener. And I'm just and I'm just talking from a, I guess from a player's perspective. If if you know if you Toronto and he's like, okay, yeah, we know we're better than this, but we're not playing like we're we're supposed to be better than this. And maybe a team like Milwaukee kind of so-called woke up, I ain't going to say the sleeping giant because they're not the giants of the East, but like, you know, woke up a sleeping monster, I guess, if you want to call. So, you know, maybe that could be the situation. I think Toronto probably might go ahead and just finish these boys off next, you know, uh, the next game in game six, probably, you know, if if they're really serious and if they really want to still consider themselves as one of the elite teams in the Eastern Conference. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think, but when this series started, I was saying to myself, like, for those casual basketball fans, this is the grief freaks coming out party. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't know about them now, you definitely know about them through this uh, series. You know, knowing how talented and how skilled that this dude and his ceiling is so freaking high. He's only 22 years old, so he still has plenty of room to improve. And remember, I think a couple weeks ago when you asked me who who, who can I see getting a triple average triple double, and this was the guy mm-hmm. because he's so young. And he still has not even sniffed the ceiling yet, man. The ceiling is the roof. The ceiling is the roof. <laughs> 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 the freak freak. 
and he still hasn't that, he still hasn't got to that roof yet, and he's 22 years old. So, but I mean, I, you never know. Toronto might finish these boys out and be ready for Cleveland, so they won't let Cleveland rest that much. But hey, Greek, Greek freak, still is the roof. <laughs> Ken, what about you, man? What do you think about this series? Oh, that's good. Congratulations, Raptors, um, on the comeback uh, to take the series lead. I still don't trust you. Um, so, again, you're just going to have to go ahead and win this and make and prove me wrong, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being wrong. Um, I think what we're seeing is just we're seeing a very young team in the Bucks, and they got mm-hmm. cocky. You know, they blew out the Raptors and probably thought this was going to be a cakewalk. And they don't understand that teams that are down are desperate and they have to win. And they're going to play harder that game to tie it um, or sometimes even take the lead. But if you if you up on a team in the playoffs, they're coming out with every single thing that they have. And you have to be able to match that intensity, because if you don't, you know, this is what happens. And um, and also, I think kid Jason Kidd hasn't matched the lineup change by Casey. When Casey mm-hmm. started Powell um, and inserted Powell and Norman Powell into the uh, starting lineup, I don't think he's he's managed, he he's adjusted to that yet. So if he can find a way to negate that, they could probably get back to their winning ways. I can't really put my finger on what <laughs> what it is I'm going to see on a game to game basis, man. Because much like you can, I don't trust Toronto. Uh, I just I just don't, man. I mean they they have their shooting woes. This Bucks team is freakishly athletic. I would really like to see them going up against the Cavs. Um, but I, you know, they had a stinker last night, and I just I, I can't put my finger. I, you know what? I'm intrigued to watch this series, but I can't put my finger on, you know, which way it's gonna go. I think the Raptors ultimately, because they have home court advantage, will win. But um, I could definitely see this going seven. I could definitely see it going seven. Then we move over to the Western Conference. Um, we we talked about Golden State. They got uh, the Trail Blazers up out of the paint, 4-0, swept them. So let's move on to the other series. San Antonio Spurs, the number two seed going against the Memphis Grizzlies. That series is tied 2-2. And if I'm not mistaken, it is headed back to San Antonio for game five. Uh, B, what do you think Pop has in store for those guys? How do you think this one shapes up? Um, you know, I love the the grit and grind that uh yes. Memphis is showing. You know, um, I'm and I can't I forgot the coach name for Memphis. What's his name? David Fisdale. Fisdale, take that for yeah. data. Yeah, take that. <laughs> I love I love the fact that he, you know, made the adjustment and put Zach Randolph back in the starting lineup because mm-hmm. you know I, I love Zach Randolph, man. He's so throwback and so old school, man. I'm glad he put him in the starting lineup along with Marcus all because we know these guys have chemistry for years and years and years. So I thought that was interesting. Mike Conley put on a show him yes, and him and Kawhi Leonard put on a freaking show uh, in game four, man. Like that, that was so dope to see, man, especially from Kawhi Leonard, seeing how his game offensively has evolved mm-hmm. like, over the last three years, you know, just three years in loan. Kawhi Leonard's game has involved so much. Him training with Kobe in the offseason, man, you you definitely see the signs. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Especially in that game four. But, yeah, I'm loving it, man. I, I'm, I was hoping that that series was going to be a drag-out, haymaker type of style uh, series. So I hope that one – that's another one I hope that goes seven, you know, because mm-hmm. – 
And I and I, I like that coach, man. I, I like that coach, that Memphis coach, man. I, I love the fire he has. I love how the players kind of rallied up behind him after his take that for data, you know, take that for data um, rant, you know, about the, with the referees and everything. I mean, and he had the numbers to back it up when he was making this argument, which was it was dope. So, um, yeah, man, I, I love it. I like the series, man. I know a lot of people is like, you know, casual basketball fans. Oh, it's boring. It's Memphis and San Am, but. No, this this is a great chess match, man. This is definitely a great chess match to watch, and I just hope it goes seven. Kawhi, Kobe Leonard, man, um, <laughs> man, that's that's that performance um, in Game Four was, was special, man, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, that that brother Cole, I want this to go um, seven as well because both teams are playing hard, um, and yeah, I mean, I I, I disrespected the Grizzlies. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I apologize. <laughs> it, it just wasn't looking good for you guys, but you guys have definitely uh, shown a lot of heart. And as long as Conley is playing like that, then yeah, let's let's go seven. Let's do it. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that game the other night, man. We were texting each other during the game. That was phenomenal, man. And, and I, I was surprised to even see uh, <laughs> see a. a, a a fist pump from uh, Kawhi Leonard because you know Kawhi Leonard is very emotionless out there on the floor. He actually had a fist pump and said, "Let's go!" And I'm like, Kawhi Leonard talks, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it, it was good, man. I, I watching his game grow has been one of the best things I think we we've seen over the last few years in the NBA. Uh, and, and Pop, you know, he he was steadfast and keeping his lineup. You know, he was getting everything he could out of Tony Parker. But, um, you know, Kawhi Leonard carried that team. And I think this series definitely has the, the capability of going seven. Um, I, Memphis, man, they they play hard. And like B said, this is, this is you know, Zach Randolph is kind of throwback player. The Grizzlies is kind of like a throwback team. This is kind of like a throwback series, man. It's, it's, oh, it's not, you're not going to get the high-flying spectacular dunks like LeBron or you're going to have the – the reigning threes, like, you know, from Steph Curry or Clay Thompson. But this is just a grinded, just, you know, get buckets. You're going to get fouled, get to the line. You got to make your free throws type of series. And I love it, man. And it's, it's back and forth. There's, you know, it, it ain't a lot of blowouts either. You know, it's relatively close. So I think I'm looking forward to watching these games as well. The other series in the West, the L.A. Clippers against the Utah Jazz. That's a four and five series. Uh, a couple of injury updates. Blake Griffin. And we'll talk about him a little later. Uh, is out for the remainder of the playoffs with a bone, a blown toe, I should say. Uh, and Rudy Gobert, uh, who we thought was going to be out for the remainder of the playoffs, came back for Game Four. Uh, he, I think, he suffered an injury very similar to what Kevin Durant suffered, but he didn't miss as many games. Uh, just a couple of games, and he's back in the lineup last night. Um, this series is tied two-two. Joe Johnson, 17-year veteran, seems to have found the fountain of youth. Um, Ken, how do you see this series shaping out? I still got the Jazz, and Chris Paul would just have to be great, man. Like, mm-hmm. but just greater than he already is, because he's all they got. And I don't know if it's going to be enough with Blake Griffin hurt. So I still got the Jazz winning this one. Yeah, I hate to go against my boy CP3, man, but yeah, <laughs> Blake, Blake Griffin being made out of styrofoam is just, 
You know, I, I feel bad for him, man. It's like every, but it's because like Clippers always been, you know, pretty, you know, fairly elite in the West for the last, you know, well since Chris Paul got there. But every time when playoffs come, someone just folds. I think last year both Blake and CP3 got hurt. You know where you know they was poised to kind of challenge Golden State for the for the spot in the West. You know, it, it's just like man, it's they can't catch a break. And and I said this when that injury happened. Because we all know Blake time, I think Clippers is probably going to be up. I was saying CP3 should take his talents to San Antonio after this season. Um, he's, if he's going, he's a free agent, might as well. I don't know what they can do to make that happen as far as salary cap money-wise. But that's where I think CP3 should go. That's just my opinion. But, um, yeah, I, I think Utah is going to finish it out. It seems like they got their big fella back. Um, they only kind of plan on restricted minutes, but it's, still, it's always good to have a, a great rim protector like him and someone that can rebound the ball very well. So, And like you said, Kyle, Joe Johnson out there looking like the Phoenix Suns earlier <laughs> Atlanta Hawkins days, yep. you know, Joe Johnson. So, hey, man, more power to him. Gordon, and it's crazy because Gordon Haywood, I think he got injured, so they they no, didn't he had a food poisoning last. Yeah, night. they he, didn't he have said him. He only played nine minutes. Yeah, they didn't have him, and, and and Clippers still managed to lose that game, man. Like you pretty much lose your best player, or if not your second best player on the team, and y'all still, you know, y'all still lost. Y'all was supposed to take that game if Gordon Hayward wasn't playing. So, yeah, and I think in this case, I think Clippers is kind of they getting ready to check in, and I'm expecting you to make a a, a quick gone fishing photo. <laughs> got it ready got it ready um yeah man i think this series uh yeah this was another one that was kind of hard to, I, I think i think cp3 will muster uh, muster up enough to get them over the hump i don't know how he's gonna do it i think he's probably gonna have some help from the bench guys like mo space and, and jamal crawford are gonna have to step up but i think i, I still like the clippers in this series i could see definitely see this one going seven uh, ski mask Joe Johnson man is balling. I mean, so I I really don't have nothing bad to say about it. Uh, this has been a really good series to watch. Houston is up three one. They are playing game five in Houston, looking to close it out. And OKC is trying to stave off elimination. Uh, B, can they do it? Can they push this thing at least to game six, possibly game seven? I don't know, man. I'm waiting for OKC to just like. Let it go in the fourth quarter, man. They they didn't they didn't. But Russ is hot tonight. Russ is hot tonight. They didn't, they didn't gave. He's away. hot tonight. It can't watch it. He's hot tonight. Me too. I'm watching it too. But oh. they, they didn't gave away so many leads and and stuff and players just, you know, I feel bad for for Westbrook just how you know, the the supporting cast is like he can't rest. It's like as soon as he rests, you know, teams losing leads and all that stuff, and then you know. Shows you hard, and he had he has the uh, the luxury to rest because, you know, once he's resting, you still got Lou Williams and Eric Gordon out there that can mm-hmm. still get Some buckets. Scores, right? While, while James Harden is resting, where Russell Westbrook doesn't have that luxury, man. Victor Ola, oh Victor, he uh, I can't even I ain't gonna try Ola Depot. Depot, <laughs> um, you know he's not he's not, he's not the Scotty Pippen to Russell Westbrook. You know he's mm-hmm. not he can't hold up that scoring in. You know, for Russell, when Russell is, is resting, man. So, you know, uh, I, 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 they up right now, but I'm just I'm expecting the worst as always. They, what they've been doing, you know, uh, in the fourth quarters is just like letting leads go. In one game we saw Russell Westbrook taking crazy ill-advised shots. You mm-hmm. know, you know, crazy. You know, not smart shots. 
which I I get it. This team was they lost the lead. He came in. He was trying to you know keep, you know get him that lead and, and win the game. Where if I was telling Ken, he was that particular game. It was a double edged sword. If if Russell Westbrook would have went one for three, we'd have been like, oh man, he got scared. He didn't show no killer instinct. But you know the fact that he went four for eighteen. You know, at least he was trying. I mean, yeah, he was taking some dumb shots, ill-advised shots, but at least he was out there trying to keep his to get his team back in the game and, and try to win. So, you know, I just don't, I just don't think it's just enough, man. It's unfortunate. I think you know Russell Westbrook had to take this beating, and they might lose this game. And I'm expecting to lose this lead. You <laughs> uh, uh, see, look, another turnover. I'm, <laughs> expecting, I'm expecting them to, uh, you know, lose this up in the fourth quarter, man, against the. Rockets, I think I think you I think you should get the OKC picture ready for uh for tonight, man. No doubt. You know it's already queued up. <laughs> yep. Um I think I don't see Westbrook just didn't have enough help. Um and he's 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 working hard and, and he's doing what he's gotta do. Uh he just doesn't have enough help. I think ultimately I think if Houston does not close them out tonight, I think Houston closes them out in in in, in six. Uh, I'd love to see it go seven. I don't think it's going to be that long. Um, but it's been a very good series to watch if for no other reason, just seeing two guys who are battling, you know, who were two of the probably final MVP candidates uh, battling it out. I think, and this fourth quarter will tell me a lot, but um, I'm with B. We, we know they don't have help, but I think they have enough if Russ just trusts them a little bit more in the fourth quarter. He averages one assist in the fourth quarter, and I think all he really needs to do, I, I think 10 and maybe four or five. Look, now he's just jacking up shots. <laughs> 10 points, maybe four or five assists in the fourth quarter with the lead could be enough. But, you know, he's in a situation now, you know, as, as we watch this game, while we're doing this show, he's red hot. He's mm-hmm. just taking two threes that basically hit the front of the rim. And these are moments where I think he would be best served running the offense. You know, you you got you got it going. Save some of the energy. You know, get other guys involved because you're gonna need them. And you know, we, we it, it, it 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 pains me to see this happen to this man because he's playing so hard and yes. he's had what double digit leads in all of. The last what, mm-hmm. four, three, or four games? Yeah, he could actually be up three one right it now. Could very well be, and and they said that his, I think the what is it plus minus ratio when he's on the floor, they're at a plus three. When he's off the floor, it's a minus forty. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, the one series we did not talk about is actually over. Um. <laughs> the Cleveland Cavaliers got the Indiana Pacers up out of the paint. Um, during that series, man, LeBron James game three went berserk. I'm talking the Cleveland Cavaliers were down by 26 points in the fourth, excuse me, in the, in the second half. LeBron puts on his cape, rallies the team. Keep in mind that in the fourth quarter, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love sat on the bench and watched. Just like the rest of us, much like LeBron's first stint in Cleveland, we were all witness, witnessing greatness. Um, B, man, that performance that he put up, man, I, where do you rent? And, and LeBron has had some signature playoff moments. 
Where do you rank that amongst his play? And you, you can give it a number or say like top five, top ten or whatever. Where, where do you rank that as far as his playoff performances? Um, I guess top five. I mean, I, I you know maybe right at that five or four because I I was still I was still put him put the performance where he lit my Pistons up for twenty five straight <laughs> yes, points in yes, the fourth quarter yes. in overtime back that. in 07 and that game six against Boston where he kind of he kind of it was because that was like his legacy on the line mm-hmm. type of game right mm-hmm. there when he was with Miami and he, they kept losing to the victory in Boston and they he finally got over that hump and beat Boston in that game six I think that was that was defined um even you know people probably not gonna mention this but even this game seven against the Spurs you know when they won, you know when they won the championship, and how Greg Pop dared LeBron to shoot Jays, and mm-hmm. LeBron was and knocking down mid-range jumper after mid-range jumper after mid-range jumper, like proving everyone wrong who told him that he couldn't shoot. And LeBron James was shooting those mid-range jumpers, knocking them down, and and he beat Greg Pop off of that in Game Seven. So I would say that. Um, what about man. the the um, the shootout he had with? Um, Paul Pierce as a Cavalier, and didn't he have one against yeah. Joe Johnson? And he beat Joe. I don't remember. Beat... I don't remember one against Joe Johnson, but Joe I do Johnson. remember the Hawks. But, hey, you know what you you know what you're forgetting about? What about uh, what was that game? Was it Game Six? Either Game Six or Game Five uh, last year against the in the finals, where he goes for like yeah, Game Seven, six. Game, yeah. Six. game Six. He went for like forty one. Right, like, damn near triple double, like exactly. damn near a triple double. Yeah, I mean, like he could not. He, yeah. he had this look on his face. He could yep. not. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I mean, you know, probably, probably top five. I mean, you know, like, you know, that's off. Think of you know off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but he probably had some. But I definitely the Pistons one. Oh, that definitely was. Oh man, yeah, that was crazy. I, I think that that for me, I think that might have been. Well, it's hard to say he's a, a coming out party, but. That was like my first memory of seeing LeBron be what I. This is what I when he's like that I call him video game James, because he's literally like a video game. Like he, and that's what we saw in Game Three. Like he was not going to let that team lose, and I found it interesting that you know Love and Irving were on the bench, so it kind of. And I don't know if you guys saw this too, but it kind of felt like. Remember how it was when LeBron. <laughs> You know, had to carry those bums the first time he was in Cleveland. It, it kind of felt like that. Like he, it was just LeBron, and I, it might have been one other starter on the floor, but it was, you know, like it was the scr- the second unit. And but it was more so about what LeBron was doing. Not on, he was knocking down threes. He was playmaking. He was playing defense. Um, you know, I, I, he didn't shut Paul George down, but you know, Indiana had this look in their eyes, like, uh oh, here they come. You know, like like the twenty six point lead wasn't safe at all, man. So I I think this is definitely, in my opinion, I think this is one of his top five playoff performances. I mean, he just went. It was the stakes weren't as high as the finals, but you know, he went video game James, man. Like you said, be that that Celtics series uh, where he that was one of his career defining playoff moments. Um, but I, I would put this in the top five. I would definitely put this in. But LeBron's got some. I mean, LeBron's got so many freaking memories. So it's hard to kind of quantify him. Uh, Ken, where, where do you rank this at, man? I knew I wasn't crazy. It was game three at Atlanta in 2009, the Eastern Conference semifinals. Oh, okay. And, I, don't, yeah. I don't remember that, Ken. Yeah, yeah I remember that. He had 40s. He won. I think they won uh, 
90, yeah, I'm looking at it now. 97-82 over the Hawks. He had he hit five of ten three point shots. He had 47, 12, and eight. Well, you know what? As a that. Hawks fan, I probably remember it, but I just forgot it. <laughs> You know what else we forgetting too? What's that? He had some pretty epic games against Washington back when Agent Zero when Gilbert Arenas yeah. was yeah, playing. They had, they had some battles too. When it was Karan Butler and all them against. Yeah. And I remember when LeBron James whispered in uh, Gilbert Arenas' ear, like, you missed this one, it's over. And LeBron, they came back down and they won the game. Yeah, man. It was. Yeah. LeBron, yeah. I, I forgot, completely forgot about them duels he had. Mm hmm. Yeah, he, he's he's had his he's had his fair share of battles. Yeah, Ken, would you would you put this in his top ten, top five? Uh, where, where where you think this uh, uh, this session of video Damn. game James would rank? I'm looking at it now, man, and uh, I, I I don't know, man. I think it's right on the edge of top ten because okay, you know we we've forgotten how many great games he's had. He's had so many, mm-hmm. and. You know, this, I think, while James did the work, I think a lot of what happened had to do with Tyrone Lue and, and and not LeBron James, meaning that it was smart for him to basically put LeBron at the top and surround him with shooters. Mm-hmm. And at that point, what are you going to do? Because you can either guard LeBron one-on-one and let him get to the rim and score at will, or you leave the shooters and he'll pick you apart. You know, hey. I think it's right on the edge of, of of his top ten best playoff performances. Hey, real quick, uh, just want to say, uh, uh, FIFO's in Cancun right now uh, for his birthday. Oh, birthday oh okay. Birthday tomorrow. I, I completely forgot that he was he was leaving for Cancun today, uh, going there for a few days, and him, you know, him and scope out this spot for the destination wedding next year. So he's he's there celebrating birthday. And all that good stuff. So happy birthday, birthday FIFO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like that, the Rockets have jumped back up on the. They're not there yet. Just that not fast. There. And Russ was fast. on the bench, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Didn't I tell you? I said they're going to lose his lead. I was like, they're going to lose his lead. Look at this. Look at it. Trapping. They're going to lose his lead, man. I told you. And Billy Donovan, man. Like, oh. can, look, I, I told y'all last year that Billy Donovan and everybody jumped on me saying it's his first year. You got to give him time. No, I saw the flaws. And now this is a flawed roster. Last year you had KD and you jacked it up. Now you now you can't even get past this. You had double digit leads yep. in, three, in the last three games. And you yeah, can't it's, it's tell bad, man. Russell to calm his ass down. It's bad. I mean, you see the stats. It, it's it's they they have not been able to maintain leads when Russell Westbrook has been off the court. Uh, last thing on LeBron, um, I think, like you said, I, I think he saw it in his eyes, man. And I think, I mean, he saw a team wilting just like you know the Falcons did in the Super Bowl. I mean, it was just I I just I go back to I got a text. And you guys know my dad. My dad texted me. He said his text said Westbrook and Harden were you know could battle for the MVP he said but make no mistake about it the best player on the planet is LeBron James and all I can say was yeah dad you're right (laughs) kind of interesting things that I found about this playoff series or these playoffs in particular is that you know little little beefs have have kind of sparked not necessarily on the floor but 
in the post-game press conference. Uh, case in point, uh, Barry Trammell, a reporter from the Oklahoman, uh, had a question, and he was there was a the scene. I'm pretty sure you all have seen it. Um, Stephen Stephen Adams from OKC, as well as Russell Westbrook, were at the dais. They were taking questions, and he uh, decided to ask Stephen Adams about the fact that they could not hold the lead while Russell Westbrook was off the court. And Russell Westbrook, before he could even, I mean, before Adams could even make a, <laughs> a an attempt to answer the question, Russell Westbrook said, "Hold on, Stephen. Let me let me let me say something." And so Russell Westbrook said, "Basically, hey man, don't try to split us up. It's not about what they do when I'm not on the court. It's not about me against them. It's not about me against Houston. It, you know, we're a team. We win as a team. We lose as a team. So forth and so on." So the reporter and who am I'm assuming because he car- he covers the Oklahoma city thunder. I'm assuming based on the contention that was going back and forth that these two have probably had words or what have you before. So, you know, he said, well, will you, I asked the question. I'm trying, I'm trying to be fair. You know, I want him to answer the question. And Russell was like, man, next question. <laughs> so, Barry Trammell, you got to hear the audio. And then it sounds like they're trying to take the microwave microphone away from him. And he's like, no, no, no. I have a question. Now, if Stephen doesn't want to ask my question, you know, and Stephen Adams the whole time is just stone faced looking at the audience like, hey, man, Russell talking, man. Russell saying, I ain't got to answer this. I ain't going to answer it. So, so ultimately, he says, next question, and they move on. Um, what, Ken, what do you think about that, that exchange, man? The, the, the back and forth. A lot, I saw a lot of people on social media and a lot of media members criticizing Russell Westbrook for going at that reporter. But was he wrong? He wasn't wrong in what he said. Um, you know, he was just really trying to keep the team together. And a question like that, while fair, because it's true, mm-hmm. um, is very divisive. And, it is. you know... It, you know, it's basically mean basically saying that, hey, we, you know, you guys ain't good enough when he's off the court. <laughs> you know, what y'all gonna do about that? Why y'all can't hold the lead? What's up with that? But yeah, I, I do think that Russ sh- should have allowed Steven to answer the question. Um, because um, it was a fair question to be asked. So I understand the criticism that he's receiving because he really was just saying, basically, you know, hold on, you're not going to split us up, and Stephen can answer the question. So he's like, hold on, Stephen, let me say this before you answer the question. But then he got irritated, and he said, next question, then giving Stephen a chance to respond. And I love that Barry got upset at the fact that he didn't get a chance. Like, Barry wasn't punking down. Mm-mm, no, he wasn't back <laughs> Tremble, down either. Yeah, yeah. But I also heard, and this is the last thing I'll say, I, I did hear that the Thunder... PR team coddles and protects their star players, Westbrook and okay. KD. Okay. So they're used to dodging questions like this. They can snap at the media, um, and they have a history of doing this. So, you know, that's why he's able to kind of do something like this and and get away with it because they're going to take his side. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. What about you, B? Uh, do you think he was wrong, or, or is he being unfairly criticized for it? Um. No, I don't think he was just wrong. I think he, you know, it was good that it's good that he was showing leadership that he wanted to take, you know, take, con- 
take it over, take over for his teammates and answer for his teammates. I mean, granted, uh, Stephen Adams is this grown man; he can answer his own questions himself. So I get it, but I just like I like the the leadership that Russell Westbrook showed. Like you know, we are a team, we, and you know another thing too. I think it, I think it also showed just frustration. You know, it's the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You could tell Russell Westbrook really wanted the, to win these games. He, he he just frustrated. I think I think some of that stemmed from frustration of you know losing the game and them being that close to winning it and everything. So you know, I think that's what I think that was one of the main things I I, I got from out of there. I'm like, yeah, uh, Russell Westbrook pissed. Like he like he's mad. He's just frustrated that they come in these close to lo- to win these games and they really needed that that would have really been you know kind of a good look for them if they could have tied that series going to mm-hmm. coming back down here so <laughs> i think russell Westbrook knew they let one get away and i just think he was just really frustrated <laughs> but it was funny how my man was like no no i asked him a question <laughs> i asked him a question like a little kid <laughs> yeah like he i was like okay my man not backing down at all so yeah I, th- I thought that part was funny he was just like your yeah, next question yeah, like you said, I did hear it sound like they was like taking the microphone. No, no, no. I asked them a question. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I thought that was I, I was tickled from that, but yeah, man, Russell Westbrook was just frustrated, man. You know, yeah, it's it's all I, I guarantee you if they would have won that game, if they would have won that game and he probably would have asked the same as that question, I don't think Russell would have responded the same way. Because it's a lot different when you get that W than it is when you're losing. Oh, of course, of course. Yo, did you, got, hey, did you guys I'm, I'm, see I'm that? watching this. Man. I'm watching this. <laughs> Russell, for those of you listening, we're, we're watching the game live, so we're trying not to talk about it as much. Yeah. But Russell Westbrook is about two seconds away from slapping the taste out of Patrick Beverly's mouth. He really is, dog. <laughs> yep, he is. He, he just waiting for him to take that finger and put it I on love his it. shoulder. Oh my gosh! Oh, the ref had to step in between them, man. I love it. I love it. Oh, but you know the <laughs> um, other thing, B. Real quick, I just gotta say this: it's not go ahead. Russell know what happens when he goes on the bench. So it's like, man, why are you asking us this book BS, man? I, we know right. they suck when I get on the bench. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I, but you know what, man? I can. I think. I think they both were right. Um, Trammell had every right to ask that question because it is a fair question. Um, but I think people would have been just as critical or even more critical had Russell Westbrook allowed Stephen Adams to answer that. Now, if they answered that, if if they asked Stephen Adams that question and Russell Westbrook was not in the in the room, that's different. You know, but you can't, you know, you can't ask me about another girl when my girl standing right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. You can't come on, you gotta have a little decorum about yourself or something. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't have a pride. In fact, I laughed when I saw it. Cause I, I thought, I, and I applaud Russell Westbrook and his leadership in doing that. Cause I think people would have really, really killed him if they, if he would have allowed Steven Adams to answer that question, um, given the way that the game ended and how they played, uh, so forth and so on. And then, you know, I think his comments about splitting them up, I think that I, I read that as, you know, really having to deal with what he's de- dealt with, uh, in his years in Oklahoma city with Kevin Durant. Uh, you know, a lot of people tried to pit him against Durant. Um, we talked about it in years past when, before Durant left that, you know, when, when people would criticize OKC for their, their, their you know, miscomings or shortcomings in the playoffs or what have you, who would always get to blame Westbrook. Nobody never blamed Kevin Durant. So I think Westbrook, he he doesn't want to be a part of it. And I think he probably sat back 
and he was quiet and he took some of that criticism, unfair criticism at that. And, um, you know, he, he he's not here for you separating his team, if you will. He wants to make sure that, you know, that they stay together and that they play together. And, you know, if it's going to be an issue, then it's going to be he, he's going to take it head on. So I didn't have a problem with how he handled it. I thought Trammell asked a fair question. Um, you know, I just think some people in the media have to understand, too, that just because you ask a question doesn't mean that they, that, that they have to give you an answer. So I'm all here. I'm I'm here for all of that. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier about the 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 beef between between uh, Markeith Morris from the Washington Wizards and Paul Millsap. Um, Ken, Ken, do you like the, this war of words between these guys? Oh man, you know I love it. I, I love every <laughs> minute of it, man. And I love that it's playing out on the court again. Like this is what this is what the regular season used to be for us. Yes, yes. You know, so I, I'm I'm enjoying it, man. Like Death Row DC. And they call them that for a reason. Um, so for me, man, I, I oh you travel, it look like you travel, cuz. For me, I'm I'm all I'm here for it, man, because I think it's great. And um, you know, I, I you know we we don't need this soft basketball, you know, especially not in the playoffs. Like, let's see some intensity because this winner go home. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, um, I, I like and Marquise, he He's no punk, you know. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I I love every minute of it, man. I hope it continues. B, do you think uh, now Marquise Morris he made those comments after he he made the crybaby crybaby comment after uh, what was it game three I think, and you know subsequently he has not played well. Do you think that's kind of gotten into his head, or do you think he'll be able to bounce back as they take it back to DC for game five? Um, he'll probably be able to bounce back. I mean, you know, granted. He had to kind of step up defensively against Millsap, but you know, not saying that Millsap is easy to guard. But you know, I yeah, I think I think he'll get back into the swing of things, being back home, familiar territory, back mm-hmm. on home court. Um, I think they'd be fine, man. I mean, I think he'll be fine. He he better because if 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 Paul Millsap work out on him again, <laughs> put, a, put a show on him again, and and then they lose. Oh yeah, I think it'll definitely kind of get to him at that point. But um, he better better step it up, man. He better step it up. I, but I love the chippiness, though. I love it. I do too. I, I hope, I do I hope too. they keep that up. Yeah, it I definitely hasn't worked out in uh, uh Morris's favor. <laughs> no, it has. No, it has. And I mean, like if you saw the game. If you saw game four, Morris was he was awful. And I mean, Paul Millsap was giving him the business on the other end. Not to mention. The fans were getting on him, and I mean, you know, stuff like that. You know, you never know can get it. And I don't think that players need any type, any extra type of motivation at this point. Because I mean, you're you're in the NBA playoffs. You're playing for all the marbles. So I don't know that you need any more motivation than you already have. I do know that sometimes it's little things that can take people off. And um, you know, he he could have done something there. So we'll see how it plays out for the rest of the series. But um. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the chippiness. I'm enjoying, you know, guys going back and forth at each other. No buddy ball. You know, guys don't like each other. And it's okay not to like each other. I'm 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 totally cool with that. Um we got some sad news uh you know, last week. Uh obviously we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. Uh former Patriots tight end Aaron Hernandez uh was acquitted of what was it, two it was a double murder. Uh he was all already on he was already in prison for life uh, without the possibility of parole for the killing for the murder of ex semi pro football player, Odin Lloyd. Um, 
and we found out that Aaron Hernandez uh, killed himself, hung himself in in his jail cell, uh, which sparked a lot of you know questions and theories as to why a guy who just beat a double murder case would you know hang himself to death. Um, and it sparked a lot of debate, a lot of emotion, a lot of thoughts. B, when you got the news, what what did you think about Aaron Hernandez and him dying or killing himself? I should say. Um, that he possibly did. He 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 was on some Godfather type stuff. Uh, I think he did it for his daughters because I think he was saying reading something to where um. By his case, you know, by him dying with his case being canceled, I think the remaining money of his contract goes to his daughter. So if he did that for his daughter, you know, because, you know, you you facing life with the possibility of no parole. Um, I think that can kind of wear down on you emotionally um, and mentally. So if that's something Aaron Hernandez couldn't handle, I guess he feel like, look, you know, because if he was to serve that time, his his daughter won't get none of that money, you know. So by him <laughs> committing suicide, I think he was on some Godfather type stuff and wanted wanted to kill himself so his daughter can live, uh, you know, or you know, live a good life, I guess, and still get the remainder of his contract. If that's if that was really his intent of committing suicide, there's been some other stuff going on talking about some he committed suicide because of a lover he had in there. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's it's getting weird. It's getting very weird now. So. You know, I, I was buying the him committing suicide for his daughter because I really think him seeing his daughter in the court in the courtroom. I think that I think that kind of broke him. I, I, mm-hmm. I really do. I rather I really do. I think that I think that kind of took matters to another another direction for him. You know, when he saw his daughter and his daughter seeing him that way and, you know, him not being able to see his daughter like that on a regular basis like he used to. I, I think mm-hmm. I think it did something to him. So, you know. Unfortunately, you know, it, it, it had to come to that, you know, so but I, I just find it interesting how now all this other stuff him by having a lover and all that stuff. I'm just like, yeah, that's getting weird. It's, it's, <laughs> it's getting too weird for me, man. I think I need to check out. There it is. There it is. <laughs> what about you, Ken? Your, your thoughts on Aaron Hernandez, man? Yeah, I think the the response by the media, by different people. Uh, Snoop Dogg got attacked. Um, you know, I thought was was interesting. I agree with B. I thought the accusations of him being bisexual was weird. And, you know, I know when I first saw it, when I was driving into work, I, I, I gasped because I just couldn't believe it. I, I thought something fishy happened, you know, because mm-hmm. um, it just seemed odd because I thought that he could have beaten the other case. And I thought they were going to retry the other case. So for him to take his life like that just seemed weird. I think for me, the media's response to it, to be so cold and callous and and unforgiving, um, and it almost seemed like they had they they have a sense, almost prideful in, in, in doing it too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. That 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 bothered me. You know, I, I um <clears throat> I saw I was much much like you guys. I was I was surprised. I was really surprised because and I I think the only thing I said really was I was like I didn't see that coming because I didn't. Um I truly believe, well, I mean, not only was Aaron Hernandez co- convicted of killing 
Odin Lloyd. I believe that he killed Odin Lloyd. I think that he killed the other two men as well that he just beat the case for. Um, is proven that he, you know, in the past shot his homeboy in the face. He didn't die, but he shot him in the face. So I think Aaron Hernandez obviously has demons, and I mean he's a stone cold killer. Now how he slipped all of that under the the eyes and the idea of the great New England Patriots, which nobody seems to ever talk about, especially when you talk about characters. But that's another story for a totally another day. Um, I felt some compassion for his daughter. In fact, I feel a lot of compassion for his daughter. Uh, Having a daughter myself, uh, my daughter's a year older than his daughter. Um, I I do feel for her because, you know, she, I don't know how it was explained to her, like, hey, we're going to see daddy and daddy's in this place. You know, when when they would go visit, when she would go visit her father in jail or what have you. Um, And ultimately, she has to live a life without her father. So that's... I, I. that I, I'm sure that's painful enough. Uh, as for my feelings on Aaron Hernandez, um, I, I wasn't one of those people who had any conspiracy theories. I honestly didn't care. Um, and I try not to sound callous or speak ill of the deceased, no matter how they're dead, they're dead. Um, I, but I didn't care. Like I, I didn't, I didn't care. And Ken, you touched on a good point. I saw it, I saw it both ways with the media. I saw some media really going out of their way to slander him and big him, and, and then I saw some media going out of their way to kind of big him up and to you know lay praise to not only just him but the Patriots because the same day that we found out that he took his life was the same day that his former team and I think fourteen fourteen of his former teammates were going to the White House to see your man's. Um, so. I, I I just didn't have any emotion about it. I think you know it's it's unfortunate, definitely for her for his daughter. Um, it offers no bit of closure for Odin Lloyd's family. It offers no bit of closure for the two men who were murdered's family. Um, it, it's just a sad situation all the way around. Um, like I said, as for all my personal feelings on Aaron Hernandez, I, I don't care, and I'm not going to talk bad about him. I'm not, and I said, we saw the jokes and the memes and stuff. I'm not going to go that far because I think that's a bit much. Uh, but I just, I, I didn't have any feelings one way or the other. You know, that's, yeah. that's about all I can say. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I think, you know, going back to what I was saying, like some people went there, right? They went mm-hmm. the extra mile to slander him and, and talk bad about him. Um, you know, now that he's dead and they, you know, they probably were saying the same thing about him when he was alive, but it's just like and and I understand um like for me like like I like I said for me a shocker I I didn't have any emotional attachment mm-hmm. to Aaron Hernandez or the case I didn't even follow the case I didn't care about any of this stuff um and you know for me I didn't like when I saw the news like I said, it was just shock but was I sad that he was dead no was I happy that he was dead no, I was no. kind of like, you know, it was just <laughs> right. like, yeah, it was oh, just like, dang, uh-huh. you know, the man, the man killed himself. Damn. Yeah. But it was just the way people went overboard with how oh, they yeah. said it, they it didn't was, care. It was, it, yeah. went, it was, extra. and you know, it, it varied from station to station. Cause I saw a couple of programs on ESPN where they were doing a round table thing and they were just almost like praising him, which I think will, would be very uncomfortable for some people, particularly, mm-hmm. you know, Odin Lloyd's family. And then I saw a couple of other things uh, on Fox and ESPN where they were just going ham. I mean, like everybody was just taking their turns to piss on this man's 
death. And, you know, I, you can say, well, look, I don't have any attachment to it and keep it moving like that. But and then, like I said, on social media, obviously, you know, no people don't have filters. So they were just saying whatever. Um, but again, I think he you know, I, I feel for his daughter. I feel for the, the families of the victims because that offers no closure. Um, there is some legal ramifications in it. There's a possibility that, uh, you know, he will his because he's no longer here. He, he will no longer be uh, that conviction won't hold up. So I think he's entitled. I think he may be contractually entitled to some money from the Patriots, a couple of million. Um, good luck on getting that from the Patriots. Right. <laughs> of, of all teams in the NFL, good luck on getting that from those guys. Getting back to basketball before we close out, man, we talked a little bit briefly about uh, the Clippers. Obviously, they're going to be playing without Blake Griffin. Uh, so they're, you know, facing obviously the rest of this playoffs, whether it be whether or not they can get out of this series uh, or, you know, if they advance, they would be facing the Golden State Warriors, uh, a team who they have not fared well against with uh, Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. Um, so it got me to thinking, man, with, you know, Chris Paul's pending free agency, you know, people have been talking about for the longest about blowing this team up. I think the lab B touched on it the last three years. There's been either one or two of their major stars have been hurt. Um, as far as Blake Griffin is concerned, I, and I think he's got one more year on his deal, but you know, there's no guarantees whether or not he will re-sign with LA. B, do you think we've seen the last of Blake Griffin in a Clipper uniform? Yep, I think we have. Um, but the real question is, who's going? Who's going to? Who's going to take him on? Who's going to take on Styrofoam? <laughs> um, who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna be willing to take a chance which i can see someone like new york knicks doing but oh yeah who's gonna take get, it who's get gonna rid of mellow and get blake griffin <laughs> right who's gonna really be like you know what Let, let's take a chance let's spend some money on blake griffin we can we got the good trainers the good medical staff that can keep him healthy throughout the season let's do it who's gonna take that chance that's the question but i, I think his days his days at LA Clippers is like is done. Um, I don't think I think you have to break the, you gonna have to break them up after this season, man. Yeah, I think you definitely, especially with this first round exit, you know, from a team of this caliber, uh, you just gonna have to break it up. So yeah, I think Blake, I think Blake Griffin is, I think we saw the last of him in an LA Clippers jersey. What about you, Ken? Uh, is he done in the city of Angels? Uh, he needs to be because when they need him, he's never there. <laughs> And, and, and that was the first thing that I uh, first thing that I saw. I'm like, damn man, Chris Paul gonna go out again and won't mm-hmm. have his guys to uh, to at but, least but, lose yeah, in a fair fight. Realistically, and not to cut you off. Realistically, do, did we? And of course, this series is still going on. But did we expect them to get out of the first round? And if we did expect them to get out of the first round, did you expect them to get past Golden State? So I, I guess what I'm saying is like we knew this was gonna come to an end at some point, right? Yes, but it gives them an excuse. Okay, I got you. I got you. Um, and for the last couple of years, that's what we've had with them. We don't know what they could have done if healthy. Because mm-hmm. JJ's been hurt. Chris Paul got hurt. <laughs> Blake got hurt. Like, they really, I, it really seems like they're cursed. Donald <laughs> Sterling. You know, <laughs> the so, Donald Sterling curse. Yeah, either he will be there, and and Chris Paul is gone, 
or Chris Paul is there and Blake Griffin is gone. One of the others is going to mm-hmm. happen. Yeah, I, I'm seeing that. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree, man. It, this this might be it, man. This really might be it. And it's, it's unfortunate because this team had so much promise, you know, with Lob City and everything since Chris Paul has gotten there. Um, and for those of you listening, I, I've watched basketball, you know, practically all my life since 1980. And the Clippers have always been bad. <laughs> so, you know, the the couple of years where they had a glimmer of hope of really, really being good and, you know, possibly contending for a title, um, you know, their stars get hurt. I, I I agree with Ken and B. I think this is it for I mean, obviously, we don't know how this series is going to play out. But um, but, yeah, I think this is it. And um, it, it's it's really coming to an end for them. Um, and as I'm speaking, we are seeing the conclusion of uh, the series between the Rockets and o- Oklahoma City Thunder. It looks like Oklahoma City is going to jump on the boat and, <laughs> and they're about to go fishing. And this series will be closed out by the Houston Rockets. Um, so, yeah, so that one. So Houston will be moving on, getting ready for the next round. Um, it's time. It's the end of the podcast, so it's time for our final thoughts. Uh, B is first up. B, what's your uh, final thoughts? Um, this Saturday, I am looking forward to checking out Anthony Joshua and Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, they're going to be fighting in the heavyweight division. If you're not a fan of boxing, if you don't know, uh, both heavyweights, Anthony Joshua is eighteen and zero with eighteen knockouts. Uh, he's up and coming young heavyweight. Um, he's very exciting to watch and I hope him and, um, the Bronx bomber meet in the, in the heavyweight match in the near future. Um, so yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing, and it's not on pay-per-view. This is going to be on HBO. Okay. Um, HBO, uh, boxing. I think it's HBO boxing or Showtime boxing. I think it's Showtime. Uh, yeah, it's one of them two. Showtime boxing, HBO boxing, Klitschko, Anthony Joshua, if you looking for a good boxing match, something exciting with possibility of a knockout that's going to happen, uh, I suggest you guys check it out. So I know I am. So there you go. It is. It is. What about you, Ken? Jason Whitlock. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> he defended the comments um, by that guy, Natal, or whatever his name is. That said the racist thing about Serena Williams. Oh, my God. Are you serious? I didn't even know that. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow, dog. In a nutshell, what? in a nutshell, what he was saying is that we need to stop being so sensitive. Mm. We, that we get, we get, you know, upset about every little thing. Look, look at here, dog. Like, she's having a child. She's a mother. She's a parent. And it don't matter what you say about anybody's kid that's white or black or whatever. You say something mean-spirited about somebody's kid, oh, you're going to hear from it. Because they're always sensitive. Dads are sensitive. Mm -hmm. Moms are sensitive. So, but not only was this insensitive in what he said, it was racist. And Whitlock just because he is who he is does not excuse him from saying racist stuff. Yeah, he said, he, you know, Colin said he said some, called somebody, Hitler said something about that to somebody. Yeah, that was insensitive too. 
He should be called out on that too. I don't care if it's a private conversation that was made public. The fact of the matter is, he said some racist stuff and it needs to be called out. It doesn't excuse him from being responsible for the things that he said. Mm-hmm. For offending a child that's not even here for the sake of a joke. And Whitlock, you want to say that we're being sensitive? In word, please. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, man, it's classic. Um, Just to piggyback off you, Ken, man, Serena Williams, man. Serena freaking Williams. Just when I let me let me start by saying, man, I love black women. I love women, but I love I love black women. There's nothing that a black woman cannot do. When we got the news that Serena Williams was uh, pregnant, uh, you you do the math, and I think she posted a picture on Instagram that she was 20 weeks pregnant. So you do the math, and you realize that she played the Australian Open and won the major. While pregnant, man, that is amazing to me. I mean, like, you know, I've never been pregnant, uh, at least not that I can tell. Um, but my wife has been <laughs> pregnant, and, <laughs> and my wife has been pregnant four times. And I and I and I asked, I said, "Well, baby, you know, do you think you could have, you you think you could have uh, done something, you know, physical activity?" She was like, "Oh yeah, when you're pregnant, you know, she's like your first, you know, it's your first trimester. You you got your energy and da 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 da." And she said it so carefree ish. And I started thinking back to, you know, uh, when we were pregnant with our second son and she had she was having morning sickness. She was throwing up all the time. And and I was just disgusted by the whole stuff. And I couldn't bring food that smelled in the house. And I'm like, how is this possible? This is supposed to be fun when you're pregnant. Um, But I, I watched the amazing birth of all of our children and I was just amazed. And I'm just like, Serena freaking Williams won a major while pregnant. There's, there's no excuse, man. I mean, like, I get a Charlie horse and I don't want to go to work. Serena Williams was pregnant and won a major. Man, it's amazing, man. Like I said, I wish the best to Serena and her fiance and the baby that will be, be coming here this fall. I hope she has a, a safe pregnancy, man. All I got to say is, man, don't sleep on black girl magic. Don't sleep on it. <laughs> ladies, and, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us, man, for, Gant, for Ken, for B, for FIFO in his absence. Happy birthday, player. We will catch you guys next week. Thanks again for checking out another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. We'll catch you next week. Peace. 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 Chill.